Well, thank you very much indeed, Pat, for reading for us. So there we are, the story of those two followers of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Now, as we come to St. George's this morning, the first thing we come to do is to worship God. And today we are witnessing the baptisms of Peyton, Alexis and Tyler Jack. And it's great that we can share in this special occasion. You know, within the baptism service, we use the term for these little ones who will be baptised or christened, it's the same thing, that they begin a journey, a journey of faith. But of course, they're too little to understand what that means. They're too small to make those promises. And so the parents and godparents are taking on a serious and big responsibility because they are making important promises on behalf of these little ones. And they are quite life-changing and life-transforming. And so as we think about this whole idea of a journey of faith, let's just think for a moment about that Bible reading we heard just a moment or two ago. Let me set the scene. These two disciples, we don't know very much about them, but we know that one was called Cleopas, but we don't know the other one. But what we do know is that they were followers of Jesus. They had heard his message and they'd committed their lives to him. But you know, the last sort of 72 hours had been a bit of a nightmare because this person who they'd turned to, this person whom they had followed, they'd witnessed being crucified on a cross alongside common criminals. It's as though the bottom of their world had just fallen out. You see, they had hoped that Jesus would have been a rescuer in a military sort of sense. You see, at that time, the Romans occupied Israel. It was occupied territory. The Romans were the enemy. And so for the Jews, they thought Jesus was going to be the warrior king who would actually lead the people in rebellion against the Roman occupation. And they were feeling pretty confused. And sometimes we can be confused, aren't we? Some of us may have dreams which aren't realised. And we can feel angry by that. We can feel hurt by that. We have all sorts of questions. It can cause us to feel as though we've failed and we can be miserable. Well, these first followers of Jesus felt pretty confused. Confused that Jesus should have died in the horrible way that he did. Confused as to what the future had in store for them. And just like you, perhaps with a friend walking along the street, they were walking back home from Jerusalem to Emmaus. A journey of about seven miles. It's like you and me walking to Ulverston, say. And they'd witnessed all these events and they were reflecting on them. And 
They were just confused also. They were very, very sad. But then as they were walking on that journey, a third person joined them. But they didn't recognize who he was. And he asked them why they were feeling so downcast. And so they actually opened their heart to him. They told them of all that had happened, that Jesus had died, the one whom they trusted, and that the bottom had fallen out of their lives. But then having listened to them, Jesus began to say to them, well, don't you know the scriptures? What it says in the Old Testament, what the prophets had foretold, that the Messiah would die, but actually that he would rise again. And so he began to explain the situation to them. Now they got to the point where they arrived at Emmaus, and so Cleopas and his friend said to Jesus, well, here we are, we're home now. And Jesus looked as though he was going to carry on on the journey. But instead, they invited him into their house. And he had a meal with them. And as they were sharing in a meal, they broke bread, which was the basic diet, among other things, at that time. And immediately, as Jesus broke the bread, they actually began to recognize who this stranger was. There they are at the table, in the very presence of Jesus, but they didn't recognize it. And you know, that can be true of us, can't we? That we can be in the very presence of God, and yet it doesn't always feel like it. It doesn't always seem like it. Sometimes it can seem that God is distant. Sometimes it can seem that God is disinterested in you and me. You know, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, I ought to say, I had a faith in God, but it wasn't a very personal faith. It wasn't a very comforting faith. And that really come to the fore when my dad died when I was 11 years old. He had an illness which was a progressive illness. In other words, it was over a period of time and he got to a point where he didn't recognize who we were or anything like that. He was only 43 when he died. And I have to say, what faith I had was not a very comforting faith. It raised all sorts of confusion and questions in my own mind. Why would God allow this to happen? Now, we can ask that question, and it's not a wrong question to ask, but how we ask it will differ from one to another. Some can ask it in a very angry way, as though God is somehow accountable to me or to you. Or we can ask it in a way that says, well, God, I don't know why this has happened, but I trust there is a reason. Show me. And that was my own personal experience. I ended up starting to go to church when I was 15, when a lot of people would stop going. Me and my mates went to a youth club. I have to say our main motive was to check out the talent that was there. But some of the God stuff must have begun to percolate into my head. And 
while I don't fully understand the situation as to why my dad should die at 43, leaving my mum and three kids at school to bring up, nevertheless, I believe that that situation is instrumental in me standing before you this morning. Because I actually became a Christian when I was 15. I recognised my need of God, of a saviour, and I knew Jesus was the one. And that's when I trusted in him. I left school at 16. I got a job at a local factory. uh, And then with the council, which I did for 18 years. And then I went to college where I trained to be a vicar. If my dad was alive, he'd be quite surprised that I should turn out. And I'm still a work in progress. I was a bit of a rip when I was a youngster. That's why he'd be surprised. But as my wife would tell you, uh, I'm no by no means perfect. I'm a work in progress, but that's true for all of us. But you know, the wonderful thing is that just as Jesus drew near to those disciples, he drew near to me, except I couldn't see it until something significant in my life happened, which was to open my eyes. And it was when Jesus broke bread with the disciples that they actually began to recognise this stranger was really Jesus, and he was alive again. And you know, this whole service is all about Jesus, actually. Christianity, Christianity, it's not about a religion. As I discovered, it's about a relationship that can change our lives. Not so that they're harder, but actually, as I said earlier, I've been liberated, I've been set free from those things that can often um, imprison us within our lives, mistakes from the past. Well, Jesus wants to free us from those things. And so for those disciples, he appeared to them. He drew alongside them. They invited him in. You know, Jesus never imposes himself on anybody. But actually, we need to invite him into our lives. And so that's the story of Emmaus, another journey. And for these three, as they're baptised today, they're beginning a journey. And our prayer will be that Jesus will draw near to them and they will see Jesus for who he is, the Son of God who died for the sins of the whole world, including every one of ours.